I'll tell you one thing, if a little green man pops out of me, I'm shooting first and asking questions later. You are on the verge of destroying the entire universe. Welcome to the Strange Podcast with Sam and Logan. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please give us a good rating. If you want to share a story or have ideas for a future episode, you're welcome to visit us at www.thestrangepodcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is episode 9. It's a UFO extravaganza. And as always, I'm Logan Marks. And I'm Sam Baxter. Today is December 3rd, 2017. And today we're going to be talking about the Lori Island what is that? The Maury Island incident. Oh, Maury. I was thinking... Like Maury Povich? Like Maury Povich. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> Maury Povich had an incident with UFOs. Where they have like KKK members throwing chairs at each other. Yeah, you know, somebody <laughs> they were trying to see if somebody was pregnant by their cousin or something. And <laughs> this is what made this is what made Maury Povich the man he is today. That's how he met Connie Chung. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the Maury Island incident and Area 51. Oh, Area 51. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, it's a new thing. <laughs> It's brand new, huh? <laughs> brand new. No one's ever heard of it. This is breaking news. See, everyone's heard of Maury Island incident, but nobody's ever heard of Area 51. So you can work <laughs> cut out for you, my friend. I don't know. I might have some stuff that you haven't heard before. <laughs> oh, I like the sound so, of that. So we'll see We'll see how it goes. And I I have some classics, too, that are in there. It's classic oh, of stories. of course. Classics always good. So, yeah. What, what did you do this weekend? Uh, I ended up watching that movie, uh, that Pixar movie, Coco. Oh, is that a good? Can I say that? Will, will we get sued if we say Coco? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, we'll just wait for the lawsuit. Hopefully, nothing. Yeah, comes. we don't have any money. They can take whatever they want. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can take my pencils and my notepad that I have here for notes. But uh, yeah, I went and saw the movie Coco. Um, wasn't too bad. It was actually I was pleasantly surprised. It was kind of uh, the Day of the Dead in Mexico and had a lot of. Uh, it was kind of sad as well. I usually don't say that about those movies, but uh, it was actually decent. Oh, okay. Did you take the kiddos yeah. to go watch that? So the kiddos went and saw that, and they liked it. Oh. They they thought it was good, but. You know, they might be a little bit young to understand all of it, but it was good. I liked it. Mm. How about you? Did you do anything good? I, I watched the horrible movie called Fighting with Channing Tatum. And Fight, but yeah, wait, wait, hold on. A name like Fighting? that? <laughs> That's beautiful. Like, I feel like that should win Oscars and Emmys and everything with a name like that. They should have called it Generic Movie Number 5. Generic Movie Number 5. <laughs> Why? What was so generic about it? I mean, <laughs> name like that, you can't go wrong. But I got to hear this. Well, you know, it had had Terrence Lawrence, uh, Terrence Howard in it, so I thought, you know, he he he's been in some pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'll, I'll give it a chance. It was on Netflix, you know, it was free. Sure. So I watch it, and I'm just like, it's it's it was like it was written by someone who had heard a kid give a a half-assed book report about underground fighting. <laughs> and he thought, oh, this would be a great movie. I can make a movie out of this. There, wasn't that Frank Dukes? Didn't he allegedly make up that story about the Kumites? Remember that? <laughs> Remember Bloodsport? <laughs> Remember? I mean, Bloodsport was a good movie, don't get me wrong, but I think they say that guy was some kind of hack, that Frank Dukes in real life. He made up, like, Frank Dukes, Dukes Ryu type of school fighting, but he allegedly fought in, like, these tournaments that lasted, like, like 300 days, and he fought, like, 200 fights. <laughs> He was like undefeated or something. Like he made himself something like he was immortal. And he like it was serious. Like he he like fought a bunch of people. It it, it almost sounds like this movie's something like that. I mean, it sounds all. <laughs> Again, the movie was good. No, like, I like that movie. Bloodsport, Bloodsport, and it and it's all right. What's a good? It was movie. a good movie. This one, but I it, just kept waiting for it to get yeah. better. It it just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and it was it was so it was such a generic movie. And so did Howard fight or what? Terrence Howard fight? No, Howard was like um he was like a promoter. Oh, okay, but it was like this underground promoter where they just took him like to to these street fights that were like in, in the back alleyways of places and 
<laughs> it's like in the Sears parking lot or something. They're just going. Yeah, out. like certainly because yeah, they go to the Sears parking lot and then they would meet up. Well, and, I mean, you know what they're going? They're going to Black Fridays at Walmart. That's what. <laughs> that's what it's all sanctioned, huh? <laughs> and then Tatum would go, and it looked like he was just getting his ass kicked most of the time, and like he would trip somebody and they would like fall down and hit their head on something and they would die <laughs> or they would they would lose and that's how we'd win his fight so he'd get by, by luck by accident <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn how lucky can this guy but get yeah it was it was it, it wasn't that great <laughs> and it it killed some time that's what <laughs> good old channing tatum <laughs> was this before magic mike what was what, i don't know when Magic. i never seen yeah, magic mike I, I, out, but it was 2009 okay yeah i think i don't, I don't know that guy i guess he got popular in the in the 2010s or something. Oh, it sounds like a but, yeah. good movie. Good old Netflix. Never, never yeah. whiff on that. It was one of those ones you could fall asleep to and <laughs> wake up in the towards the end when when everybody's all happy. I bet. I bet just the talking of the storyline in that was probably pretty lame. It wasn't as bad, but I just saw. Have you seen the room? That Tommy Tommy Wiseau movie. Yeah, because they're coming out with a yeah, they're, yeah, they're coming out with like a mockumentary, aren't they, or something? Yeah, like a, a basically a movie about him. That's right. It wasn't that bad, but at least when I watched the room, I was kind of entertained. <laughs> you you were drawn into how bad Tommy spoke and his acting. And it's like I can't, it's like a oh train wreck. God. You know, you just can't look away. It's like fuck, this sucks so bad, but I will not turn this off. Well, there's three sex scenes in like 30 minutes, so I'm like, <laughs> oh, was there? I never saw that movie. Yeah. You need to watch it because it is so bad that, but you have to watch it with a couple people around. You can't just watch it by yourself, or else you might get hurt. <laughs> but you gotta. You got to go with a couple friends so that way you can make fun of it. Okay. Okay. I... But like, yeah, in the first 30, 30 minutes, there's three sex scenes. <laughs> and they're all. Don't tell me what Tommy it was in like it. Some like French, French porn movie. Oh. You know, it's, it's, it's a, like, there's, it's just so bad. You just, you just, you can't look away. Oh man. Don't tell me Tommy was involved in them, was he? Oh yeah. Oh fuck. I don't know if I want to watch it. And then like some of the sex scenes, they took like clips from the first sex scene and they put it in the second and third sex scene. Holy shit! Was it with the same girl and the and on all of them? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. God. It was. I think Tommy was in it twice, and then like his friend that was in there was in one of them because like the girl was cheating on on Tommy on Tommy. Yeah. Oh, who would cheat on Tommy? I don't know. <laughs> I can I can imagine that. But... <laughs> I should say who would sleep with Tommy, but anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, I, you know I gotta check that out because I heard that that was coming out this weekend, and um, I need to see the room because I, I heard it's just I, a cult classic, kind of basically. Yeah, you could. You, I I looked it up on YouTube and it was there. Oh, is it the full movie? Yeah. Okay. And it has a Spanish subtitle, so you can understand. Oh, perfect! I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I the one thing I did hear about that guy, Tommy guy was I heard he's like super secretive about his identity. Like you don't know his age, you don't know yeah, where he's he, from. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty quiet about his personal life. Yeah, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's nothing. That's okay. I just think that's he's just he's it's funny just seeing his his uh his acting the clips. It just that movie looks funny. And I heard he's done some other ones, but nothing as good as the room. So yeah, so yeah, you need to check it out. All right, well, I'll have to put that on my uh, bottom of my list of movies to watch. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll get to it one day in about 35 years. Watch it on your deathbed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That was a good movie. I, know. I can die now. I know. <laughs> well, okay, well, I'll, I'll check it out one day. It, it, it looks okay. So we're going to have a UFO extravaganza here? Since it's Christmas, since it's the month of Christmas, we need a UFO extra. That's what I was yeah, thinking, too. We, we haven't talked about so, UFOs much, and, you know, well, this is the yeah. month for Christmas. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Well, yeah, there's lights. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, odd things outside. Odd things, waking up in strange yeah, places. Yeah, you know. What's, yeah, it's all the same. It's all something. That's all I got to say. It's It's really weird. <laughs> But, uh, <clears throat> so I'd like to talk about uh, an incident I don't know if a lot of people have heard of. I hadn't really heard of it too much. 
and it was basically like a precursor to Area 51. So, uh-huh. I mean, you're familiar with like Kenneth Arnold. He was the the um, the first guy to, to claim that he saw UFOs. He was flying in a town um, by Yakima, Washington. Yeah, he was in Washington. Was the first sighting of the UFO, I think. Exactly. Okay, so he kind of became. He was the first guy to come out and talk about them. So everyone kind of thought. Maybe this guy's kind of like you want to kind of label him like a professional, right? Because this guy's seen them, he's dealt with them. So then, if something happens to you, you might want to go to him, right? Because mm-hmm. he's the only one that knows anything, right? It'd be like having a subject matter expert he's, at your work. Yeah, he's the expert of UFOs. Exactly, right? And especially back in the day, you know, you don't have a lot of people to contact, and you know, there's just there was no internet to really do that. So keep him in mind. He's he's involved in this, but so. So this basically happened a month before Roswell, Area 51, on June 21st, 1947. Oh, yeah. So this was in, in the Maury Island in the Puget Sound of Washington State. So Maury Island's kind of by Seattle, Vashon Island, all that area. So this was a good long time ago. And this was also one of the first instances where a, a person of Men in Black was ever named. Because before this, there, nobody had ever talked about the Men in Black or ever claimed to have seen them or, or anything. Just a really quick um, synopsis. What happened was uh, on the Puget Sound there, uh, Harold Dahl, he was out on a boat, and it looked like he saw like six flying donuts. And it looked like one of them dropped a substance, which they considered slag, and some of it hit his boat. Yeah. And and, it, and he reported it to his uh, boat co-owner and business partner, a man named Fred Chrisman. The next morning, he, t- he told Chrisman about it, and he told a few other, like, uh, people around. He gave them a little bit of information, but he told Chrisman more about it because Chrisman was his, you know, his business partner, and he needed to let him know what happened to the boat. That night, he went to bed. Next morning, he wakes up, and a guy shows up at his house and says, Hey, want to come out for breakfast? You know, at the diner. So, you know, this is the 40s, and, you know, hey, you want to come out for breakfast, my friend? Whatever. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. let's go. But Dahl, um, Dahl kind of noticed a few things that were a little bit odd about this man that wasn't normal about other people. I mean, he drove a 1947 Buick, wore a black suit. He was very muscular, and he was well over six feet. So a lot of people back then were not well over six feet and were not very muscular. So this guy stood mm-hmm. out from the rest. And as we were at the diner, the guy, the this, I'm just going to call him the men in black. The, the men in black man told him things that he had, that Dahl had seen, and the doll had knew but had not told anybody else. He knew those facts. He knew he knew facts that doll had known that doll had seen, but hadn't related to anybody else. And he told doll, "Look, you need to keep your mouth shut. I don't want you talking about this to anybody else. If you do, there could be some some um, some disasters and and things happening to your family." Oh, so he's like mad dog. Well, well basically like, threatening him. Yeah, he's like telling him, you know, just keep your mouth shut. So later on, as every time investigations investigations went on, and somebody important came and talked to Dahl, he always claimed it was a hoax to them. But more about what what fell. So, in in more detail, that Dahl, you know, that was like kind of the the what I explained was basically the gist of what happened. But what Dahl, the details that Dahl knew, and what he had told Chrisman, but he hadn't told anybody else, was basically it was Dahl on the boat, his teenage son, two other um, work members. And uh, the family dog, mm-hmm. and they were salvaging the the, the waters for uh, for logs. You know that's what they did was they collected them and sold them. Mm-hmm. And they saw six huge donut shaped objects overhead. They just came out. They looked about a hundred feet in diameter, had a bright metallic appearance, and five objects were circling a sixth one. And the sixth one looked like it was 
like like messed up. Like it was kind of not working right, not functioning. So right. they're like defending it, kind of like surrounding it. Something, yeah. It's, uh, he wasn't sure, but all of a sudden, the that sixth one that was kind of messed up, there was an explosion on it. Hmm. And that's when all the the slag discharged, and it hit some of it hit his boat. It injured his son and it killed the dog. Holy crap! Really? Yeah. One of the other donuts shaped objects. Um, went up to that that one that sixth that sixth one that was malfunctioning and he and it seemed like he what he said was it looked like it kind of jump started it it got it like working it did something that it like like just all he could say was like it jump started it and then they all shot away that was that was that was the information that 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 the men in black knew he knew all that stuff that Arnold uh, that doll had not told anybody else uh-huh. so now we get to Kenneth Arnold so they get a hold of Arnold because they don't really have anybody else to talk to and who to call mm-hmm. right besides you know you gonna what are you gonna tell the cops yeah. Well, yeah, you know, so who do you go to for that kind of stuff? Yeah, especially in 1947. Not, th- Kenneth Arnold was the only one who had said anything before that. So Arnold flew to Tacoma. Dahl got a hold of Kenneth Arnold. And Kenneth Arnold got a hold of a couple of guys secretly from the U.S. Air Base. Mm-hmm. And they flew to, they went to, to Tacoma to go meet with them in a hotel, anonymous, uh, secretly. It was Dahl, Chrisman, Arnold, and the two military guys. They went. They went to go meet, and someone called her anonymously and said, "Hey, we know this. You, what's going on? We know what you guys are doing." Mm-hmm. So, dog kind of got freaked out and he bailed. Like, I was already warned. I'm not supposed to be be part of any of this. I got to get out of here. Oh shit! So, <laughs> so mafia style. Yeah. So he was freaked out. So, so dog like bailed, and so the military guys said it, they kind of met up with the other two guys, Chrisman and and Dahl, or and Chrisman and and Arnold, mm-hmm. and they said, "All right, we're gonna head back to California to our base." So they gave him a little bit of the slag, and they headed back on their plane back to California. But shortly after the, their takeoff, back to their Hamilton Field, mm-hmm. their plane went down and crashed. Oh, crap. So the two, two Air Corps officers were killed. And the military and the FBI did investigations, and they said that there was no, no sabotage involved. And the FBI also said that there were two other people on board that survived the crash. And one was like a flight crew member, mm-hmm. and the other person was, was known as like a hitchhiker. They didn't say who he was. But those two survived. A hitchhiker. Yeah, like just some guy that they like they didn't want to name. So they said, "Oh, he was like a hitchhiker guy. He just got on with them, which doesn't make really make they sense." They get on the plane. Yeah, he was he was on there with them. Sort <laughs> of hitchhiking. Yeah, I know. Plane guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, fucking in there. Hey, <laughs> let's, 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 let's pick up DB Cooper and keep going. So, so the, the Air Force denied that there was no secret cargo. But they, they later admitted it. They later admitted to investigating the, the, the incident. Uh-huh. Dahl and Chrisman and Arnold met back at the hotel because Chrisman said, "Hey, I got some news to tell you guys." So, so Dahl came back, and he had let and he told them that the that the plane had crashed and the two servicemen were killed. And then again and uh, again, they got another phone call from someone anonymous from the Tacoma Times, and he wanted to talk to Kenneth Arnold, and he let them know that their meeting was being was being leaked. And he also knew about the air officers' um, plane going down, mm-hmm. but what he told him was their plane was shot down by a twenty with a twenty millimeter cannon. What? Yeah, that that the plane was shot down, and also another marine plane earlier, like like a couple weeks earlier, had went down by Mount Rainier, and it was also shot down by the same cannon. So this person was leaking this information. Those those airmen were killed. They were blown out of the sky. Uh-huh. So later on, the the um. The anonymous caller was identified as Paul Lance from the Tacoma Times. And he knew of these investigations by the military. And he also had he had also told them that um, one of those three guys was going to be kind of sent away to Alaska just to get him out of the way. Chrisman was a, was, a, was a vet. 
and he was recalled back to service, and they sent, abruptly sent him to Alaska like about a week later. Mm-hmm. So like Lance was was right about all that. So Chrisman got sent away. Dahl was always admitting that it was a hoax, saying, no, no, we joked it. And so Arnold's kind of by himself. Mm. And so Arnold's like, I can't finish this investigation. You know, I'm just going to head back home, back to Idaho. He had had some of the slag sent to him before this. Yet he got stolen. He got stolen. So they never had a chance to, like, analyze and see what it was? Allegedly, he sent some off to somebody in, in Chicago, and they said that they couldn't determine what it was. And they, they sent it back to him, and that, and that was that was got stolen. There's like unearthly compounds or elements in it. So, just something they couldn't identify. Uh-huh. That's all they would say. They wouldn't say it was unearthly. Okay. They would just say it was unidentifiable. Right? That's a safe. We just don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not saying it's it's out of this planet, but it basically is. So so he decided like I'm gonna go back home. You know I'm just gonna head back home. And as he, he was flying home, and he was he was a pilot too, and he was heading home. His engine froze in midair. And he was he was gonna crash too, but he was able he was able to um, maneuver and and land safely. So he averted you know getting, getting killed. killed. So does he think that somebody sabotaged his plane? Yeah, because 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 he allegedly allegedly he had flown like did one hop, and he was like like by Spokane, and he had fueling up again, and as and as he was fueling up, then he got in his plane again, and that's when that time his engine froze in the air. Oh, so it was as if maybe somebody had. So did had, he uh, see anybody, or was it like did he know? He didn't see anybody. Nope, he didn't see anybody, and he probably wasn't even thinking of it, right? He wasn't looking for it. Yeah, he's probably just sitting there like, oh, I got to take a shit and <coughs> go to the bathroom in the back. Yeah, exactly, right? Or I'm gonna go inside and get some peanuts, you know? Just that was it, and he came back, and his, you know, something had hit was was wrong with his plane. He was able to take off, but you know, it was definitely gonna gonna crash. So luckily he averted uh, death there. Just another, a few cu- couple things that were weird was it like mm-hmm. Paul Lance, the, the the Times reporter that had leaked the inf- information. Um, he died two weeks later, mysteriously. Oh wow! And that and the paper, the Tacoma Times, which had been in business for over forty years, went out of business as well. Went out of business. Like what year did it go out of business? That what? year, nineteen forty. What did I say? Nineteen forty nine. 47 it went out 47 or 48 it probably it went out like just 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 so just like right right after yeah that, huh? it went out of business oh, just and it had been in business since like 1903 so it had been it been in business for like over 40 years and it just went out of business that is weird here's another weird thing that just seemed kind of odd because because like i said doll would always deny that it happened he always said it was a hoax uh-huh. The FBI knew that. The FBI knew that he was. He would always deny it. Even like Hoover allegedly knew that, because from the FBI uh, Seattle field office invest, uh, investigated him and interviewed him, and he always said no, nope, it was a hoax. But they knew that he was saying it was a hoax. But they couldn't not um, make him admit it, right? Mm-hmm. But Chrisman was always dead set on nope. This should happen. This stuff. This did happen. And so, like I said, he got sent away to Alaska. Then later on in the 60s, they were always kind of on him, like always watching him. And he was fingered as being one of the people who killed JFK in the 60s. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they named him as one of the people, a person of interest. And he had to go and, you know, and have interviews with the feds and everybody. And he had to clear his name until they finally, like, okay, you know, he was nowhere near Dallas. It had to be proven that he was nowhere near Dallas during the time that JFK was shot. But even so what, up until what, what was their uh, what was the reasons that they believed that he was doing it or that he had done it? <laughs> Do they even have to have a reason? 
I mean, how preposterous does that sound? I mean, this guy, this guy was one that you had been investigating and watching after for like the last, mm-hmm. you know, fifteen years, and he was a guy that was, you know, saying things against the government and you know, always saying that this stuff. That he was adamant that it was true. Um, the guys who were in charge of Project Blue Book were saying, "No, this is bogus," and he was like, "No, this stuff happened," and it was something, you know, a man in black guy wanted mm-hmm. to keep under wraps. So anyway, they 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 had him as as a as a as a potential murderer of JFK. He had to clear his name. He had to, you know, finally prove that he wasn't, he was nowhere there. So they finally like let him go. Hmm. But I mean, that's that's like a that's like a far drawn out stretch. You know, they couldn't have got him on tax evasion or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know like they, they picked like the craziest charge. Yeah, on. but one that would be high profile as well. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what seems so weird because you think like yeah. why why would you want him? Because everybody's going to be looking at that. You know exactly like having right? his name in there like that's, oh, like, they a, that's to, just like to discredit maybe yeah so again I'm not sure why any of that why they named him I, I they obviously wanted to tarnish his name and again I feel like they could have if they wanted they could have probably you know wiped him but they didn't again like I said doll doll would never admit to it Chrisman did and he was the one that received more of the trouble again luckily he didn't get killed did he ever end up talking about it or at some point he, um, i mean he he would like i said he would oh you mean like interviews after yeah like you know like it you know, gets to a certain point that people you know the government just doesn't give a shit anymore no i mean or like he's just i think they they did i mean because like this this was a later like you know put in some journals and stuff i think that's what i think that's what might have um brought the attention back to him because like about 10 years later 12 years later they started putting in journals like of like sci-fi and mm-hmm. stuff and and things and and his name came back up, so which is probably why the government probably thought, oh, this guy's talking again. You know, let's let's pay him a visit and let's you know scare the shit out of him. Because they made a movie about it in you know, like 2014. I I never seen that. I didn't know that they made a movie. So I, again, I don't know. I'm not sure if they if he did or not. But it sounded like they were always on his ass. They wanted and like I said, Doll was afraid. The Men in Black guy scared him, so he he didn't want any anything to happen to his family. Mm-hmm. I get at one point the son even like fled to like Montana like secretly, Doll went into hiding. Cause cause uh, he he was like scared enough by the Men in Black and probably whoever else from the government was, you know, uh, was threatening him that he was like nah I'm not I'm not messing with this. Not too long later, about a month later, we get to your topic of Area 51. So I I I got a couple people asking. I got especially one. I got one listener whose name's Will. So shout out to Will. And he wanted me to talk about Area 51. What's up, Will? <laughs> so here's the story. The story goes out to Will. One of the stories I have, it comes from a, an old Coast to Coast show that aired in 97. And in the middle of the broadcast, the host, Art Bell, he received a call from a man who claimed to be a former employee at Area 51. Yeah. Hey, you remember this one? Yes, okay. I do. Okay, so the caller, he tells Bell that he had been discharged for medical reasons and he's no longer employed but because of what he knows, he's been on. He says he's been on the run across the country, trying to get away from the government officials for the last week. And the caller says that he believes that he doesn't have much time to stay on the phone because they're going to triangulate his position. So Bell, he asks the caller, he's like, "Go ahead and relay the information quickly." So you know, the caller proceeds to tell him some of the secrets that he knows. He claims that Area Fifty One is not full of aliens, but is a facility filled with uh, extra-dimensional beings. In the early space programs, they made, when they made contact years ago, that's when, that's when these beings 
uh, started infiltrating the uh, the government. So he goes on to say that the extra dimensional beings they infiltrated the military. A large number of them have gained control of like top level positions, and and at that point the you, could, you can hear the caller. He starts kind of losing control of his emotions, and he's trying to break down a little bit. You can tell he's getting scared. So, but he continues and he says that the beings that are are trying to bring destruction upon the earth. That they want to drop the world's population to 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 how much to how low? He didn't say it was probably like uh, like ten percent, you know. That's what I'm thinking because he says that the government, but the government knows about it, and they know about it, and they're they're allowing it. He says that the government knows that it's going on, and does have the ability to help mankind, but by moving like the the pop, larger populations into less dangerous areas, but they they don't want to help because they believe if they can have all these extra people dying. That the government will have a smaller population to control. Okay. So the, at that point, the I've color. I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The color begins to start crying, like he's like weeping now, and Arbel tries to console him, and and it's you know he's like telling him it's like oh you know it's everything's gonna be okay, and all of a sudden, the radio broadcast goes silent, like dead air. Like they were knocked off. Yeah. So like, and then minutes later. Uh, Bell, Bell returns on the air saying that the radio station is now running on their backup system and that something or someone had taken them off the air. Did they ever find out what it was? He never did. I I, I saw some YouTube video where they had a, they had a couple callers claiming that, that, you know, hey, I was the guy they called. Because when, when he went off the air, like the guy, the guy never came back on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he came back and he was trying to tell, uh, people were calling in and he was telling us like, you know, we're running on on backup we're running on backup systems and we don't know what happened and and basically whatever we were talking about somebody didn't want people to hear because it's, the the whole thing was knocked out so did they ever find out who the guy what happened to the guy like i said there's a couple people that called and said that they were the guy and he had, i think he had a few people that he interviewed but you know people there's there's people that claimed like you know it was him but there's other people that you know would claim that that in the interview that um it didn't sound like oh, the same okay. guy you know, so like it's it's kind of like it's up in the air. People are like up in the air about about if they ever if they ever you. found out who it was. Huh. So the guy was so allegedly somebody called back and said, "Hey, it was me." A few people did that, and some yeah, you know, because did any of them sound believable? Did any of them seem like it was him? Well, the, the weird thing is, like when they call, like I mean, how how are they going to get the whole radio station to just go go blank? You know, just to, yeah. Just how how are they going to knock it out? Knock it off yeah. service. Yeah, that, that like some guys that'd be a big thing to do. Yeah, some guy was gonna, when they asked him that he was just like, "Well, I just got lucky." Just got lucky. Like, yeah, like it just happened, and I, it scared me too. And you know, he's just like, "Um," so you know, I hung up really fast because I thought, you know, what was going on? It's weird. But yeah, it, but I don't think they've ever found it. Okay. Found that the guy who did it. Okay. Or even if they did, nobody really believes if it's him or not. Sure, sure. So Area Fifty One's been around, you know, for a while now, and to this day, it still still creates an air of mystery. Uh, we hear stories about alien sightings, you know, aggressive military guards barreling down on uh, unsuspected visitors. And the remote base in Nevada does have its alien conspiracies, but there's reasons why. I mean, there's actual uh, logical reasons. Okay. Because in the 1950s, the U.S. was conducting a lot of low-flying recon missions over USSR. Okay. So this was a pretty dangerous, dangerous situation flying in that low level sure and the chances of planes being spotted and shot down high. Were, were, were high you know so in the 19 so in 1954 president eisenhower authorized project um aquatone 
which was to create a top secret high altitude recon aircraft. The project needed a home. Um, it needed some place that was remote, hard to get to. Mm-hmm. So they looked around and Area 51 was a perfect fit. So in the summer of 1955, sightings of un- unidentified flying objects like went through the roof, you know, through in Nevada. You know, people were claiming they saw futuristic air- aircrafts, lights in the sky, and all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, things they hadn't seen yeah. before. But little did the area residents know is that the Air Force had begun testing the U-2 aircraft, which was a plane that could fly 60,000 feet in the air, which was at the time the highest plane could go as only about as high as about 40,000 range. Okay. And like a normal airliner would fly about the 10 to 20,000 feet range. The U-2 aircraft would look like an alien in nature compared to the other planes because you'd see a plane and then you'd see this other plane or this other thing mm-hmm. far above it. So they would think, oh, that, that's that got to be aliens, you know? Yeah. Oh, some uh, at least unidentified yeah, so it, you know, flying it, objects. It was something different that they had never seen before. So, Sure, makes sense. So the Air Force, not wanting the secrets to get out about their secret planes and stuff, would tell the public that the, it was UFO sightings were nothing more than either, you know, they would be... They try to actually say they're UFO sightings or just natural phenomenon or high altitude res- um, weather research. Mm. So, so they would actually admit that there were UFO sightings. They they wouldn't admit it, but they when people would say it, you know, they would they'd be like, oh, really? Yeah, you know, like they would say yeah, like, just oh no, it's just it. natural phenomenon, just kind of bullshit stuff. Yeah. So like yeah. When people were like, oh, that doesn't sound right, you know. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's not like they were trying to squash. The secret, you know, the the alien, the UFO stuff. Mm-hmm. They would just let people believe what they wanted to believe. Gotcha. So in the late 50s, the testing for the U-2 ended, but the Area 51 continued to test other aircrafts in secret, such as the the F-117A, the A-12, and the Tactic Blue. The weird thing, the funny thing is, like, it wasn't until, like, 2013 that the government released declassified CIA reports, and they finally acknowledged the existence of Area 51. <laughs> So up until this time, yeah. it never existed? So, like, the government pretty much <laughs> said that... There's been gar- armed guards out there and yeah. saying that if you come past this, so you, they'll kill you. There was no reason for yeah, that. So they just <laughs> for the fun of it. Yeah, so, like, before 2013, they were just like, there's nothing there. I don't know. Yeah, nothing, yeah. Nothing just, don't, just don't drive here. Yeah. Don't drive <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. There's nothing to see yeah, here. Yeah, don't, don't drive on our dirt. <laughs> <laughs> we will kill you if you drive on our dirt. Was it like an old man with a shotgun out there? Get off my Yeah, lawn. pretty much. Fuck. So, yeah. So okay, like, so... So their secret was safe until 2013. 2013 and, and they finally had to disclose <laughs> a lot of stuff. So, I don't know. so now, Fine. now they actually the government will admit that 50, Area 51 is out there. Okay, all right, good for them. I'm glad. So, bravo, government. <laughs> well played. Just like the incident that you just had, there was another event that helped the you know excitement, the the extraterrestrials and UFOs was the Roswell incident. Everybody knows about this one. The early July. 1947, an unidentified flying object crashed near the town of Roswell, New Mexico. So the government claimed it was a high-altitude weather balloon. As time went on, countless stories and conspiracy theories arose, many thinking that what was found was extraterrestrial in nature. They believed that the salvaged parts had been taken to Area 51 so that the technology can be reversed engineered. Annie Jacobson, uh, she wrote a book called Annie Jacobson's Area 51, uh, an uncensored history of America's top secret military base. Uncensored, like X-rated? <laughs> <laughs> this is the sexy Air, Area 51. Yeah, no, this is what really goes on Area 51. <laughs> Area 51 gone wild. Yeah, no. And so, what did what did she so say? So she had some she had some interest, interesting theories. Uh, Jacobson's claims that the Roswell craft and the bodies that were found was an elaborate hoax created by Joseph Stalin 
and the notorious Nazi angel death, Dr. Joseph Mengele. So Mengele is a doctor responsible for conducting horrible experiments and gassing prisoners in the Auschwitz concentration camps during World War II. So the idea was to push the U.S., the United States into a panic like Orson Welles, the War of the Worlds. Mm, gotcha. So the plan was to build an advanced looking aircraft and have it piloted by genetically mutated children that okay. look like alien creatures. And they were going to fly it around, whip it around the United States air airspace and try to convince the American public that they were being invaded. But um okay. but then uh they said that there was a storm which knocked out the knocked out the plane and it ended up crashing in Roswell. So this thing flew from Russia or from Germany all the way over here and it was just flying around and scaring people. That's what they're why wouldn't it have been over the eastern seaboard where more people lived? I mean especially especially coming from Western Europe. It, it would. Ha I'm assuming it would flew from there, jumped the pond, and came across from New York or whatever the Carolinas. But why didn't anybody there see it? It seems like nobody saw it, or if they did, maybe they just discounted it. And then it, they said, "Ah, oh, fuck it. Everyone here who everyone lives here, millions of people live over here. Let's just go to the desolate part of the United States." <laughs> why didn't anybody there see it? It seems like nobody saw it, or if they did, maybe they just discounted it. Well, they're not going to go to these coasts because they're coming from Russia, so that means they're going to come through Los Angeles area. And go east into Nevada and like New Mexico. And fucking fly over there, and we'll try and scare some ranchers. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I, yeah, sure. I I know it's a weird theory, but I I just thought it was a funny one. Just fuck. It's, <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make some sense of this of her book. Okay, go ahead. So it crashed down there by accident. The Russians wanted to have it fly around. Yeah. And basically scare a bunch of farmers. And sure. Stuff. Sure. And and have it everybody thinking the world the world was coming. Part two. Got it. Yeah. So. And when it did crash, this forced the U.S. military to cover it up. Some believe that this story was just a story that they would use to test some of the, the military people. So they would tell tell people these analysts. To, to, to the United States military? Yeah. So like, like um, okay. so the higher ups would do like would slip out this information just to see who they can trust. So if they all of a sudden like there was these stories running around, they knew who mm -hmm. was talking. They knew where the leak was or yeah stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. That I could see. So I just thought that was an interesting, interesting uh, theory that she has. So, so tell me again, was she? Did she work there, or was she just somebody who was? She just knew a bunch of people that worked there. Oh, okay. So she got secondhand. And info. she just yeah, she did a bunch of interviews and stuff. I hope, I hope nobody bought that book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <know>, it seems <laughs> like it'd be an interesting read, you know. I know, she, but it just I feel like I I don't I feel like I would believe that less. I feel like everyone who was there was probably pulling her chain and. I don't like, know. So, like I, to me, that doesn't really seem. Like plausible. she also says, like it, it could be that this was like these were the kind of stories that they were bringing up to test who's telling stories and who's who who they can trust. Gotcha. Well, I can see that. So, <clears throat> yeah, that part makes sense. I have another story from Area Fifty One, which is um, it's about a man. His name is uh, Mike Orum and his wife Fran. Okay. They were they were visiting the states back in two thousand four, and they went to go see Area Fifty One. Uh, so they they're from out of the country. Okay. They they decided that they would go and get as close to the edge of the base that they could, you know, take some pictures. Even though it's you know that's where the by the signs I say don't take any pictures. Yeah. So they go and they're taking pictures, and they said as soon as they started snapping pictures, off in the distance a mysterious truck with like no markings appeared. It started watching what they were doing. Sorry, sorry, I, I might have missed it. Was this recently or a while back? This is two thousand four. Okay, sorry. Okay, go ahead. So Orum, Orum and his wife had a feeling that they were you know they were not wanted, so they decided let's get back in the car. And we're going to take off. Mm -hmm. So as they take off, 
the mysterious truck proceeds to tail them. So it's following down the road. Okay. The truck gets closer and gets like right up to their ass. And then all of a sudden they hear the sound like a gunshot and their vehicle starts pulling to the right really hard. So their tire had been punctured. So they pull over and they, and they realize that the truck that was behind them had disappeared. Disappeared? Yeah. Like it's vanished. Okay. So Orem, he gets out of his vehicle to check on his tire. So he looks around trying to figure out where the truck had gone. And so as he's looking around, all of a sudden he kind of blacks out and he, he wakes up on the driver's side of his car again with his wife next to him with the engine back on hmm. so he claims that he lost like two hours of time okay so orm goes to a hypnotist and has this regression therapy done during one of the sessions orm figures out that he and his wife had been abducted oh shit and the two hours they were missing he realizes that they had been taken by sinister military dressed beings and sent through a portal to another dimension where they were experimented on in some creepy medical facility. Oh, shit. Orum claims um, that he has an alien spirit guide that he uses psychic mediums to con- to contact. Okay. And so he claims that his spirit guide, who he calls his space brother, he says he would he would still be in that medical facility today if the if his space brother didn't come and save him and his wife. How did it save him? I, gu- I guess like, he went in and pulled him out all commando style. <laughs> <laughs> Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, huh? Yeah, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's that's what he claimed. Okay. And and well, during some other sessions of hypnosis, he also found out that after the abduction at Area Fifty One, that his space brother had taken Orem aboard his own ship. Okay. And had put him through a detox to purify him from what they had done to him during the the Area Fifty One abduction. Did his brother ever tell him what they did to him? No, he just says that he. The, he that he put him in like a detox. Yeah, just clean him up, injecting him with stuff, and trying to get him to to get the stuff out. So when he, he said that when he returned home from his space brother's ship, Orm said that he was like spitting out like dry white powder for like three days. Oh really? And then uh, when it, that was his Area Fifty One story, and his wife Frances that the experience that they had was so bad that she'd never go into America again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure she didn't buy sushi like at a at a I know at a AMPM Seven Eleven sushi at a gas station and <laughs> fucking made her violently ill? So she's like, "Fuck this country, god damn it, fucking got got the runs, can't fucking do anything." Oh man, that's interesting. That's interesting that that happened. I wonder what what really if you did really lose two hours. I mean, you said under hypnosis. I I know that people always try to discredit hypno- hypnosis, saying that it could be a hack. You know, your mind could just be making things up, right? Well, I've heard like when they do the hypnosis thing, it's it's usually whoever's doing it usually like leads them leads them into these stories yeah exactly and they start i've heard that and then, too. you know yeah it kind of directs them in and, and then pretty soon they're just kind of making up their own shit as they're under uh-huh i know i've heard that too i've heard that that happens and then I, i've never seen a hypnosis been done to anybody that's allegedly been or at, at all to anything so i don't know if the leading them really happens or if they just say like do they just ask them what happened and do they just come out and say it themselves and then if they do, are you going to just discredit it and say, hey, he's just making that up. That was just in his mind. Kind of like how we were talking about people life after death. Mm-hmm. You know, if you believe something, will you just think that as you your mind, your brain starts winding down? Is it just going to think that's what you see? I, I think that is the case. Because I, th- I think a lot of people, when they've, when they've actually gone through it and try to figure out what's going on during these mm-hmm. sessions, they've, they've realized that the that the... The guy doing the sessions is usually the one kind of He's directing them, them gotcha. to where they where they want, and then pretty soon they start, 
you know, saying all this stuff and just following their lead. I gotcha. So, so kind of like Benny, Benny and uh, Betty and Benny Hill, right? Yeah, Betty and Barney Hill. Sorry. Plus, plus this guy's pretty, pretty spacey already. Because I mean, he, he believes in spirits, guys that from outer space. Oh, the guy that was so that he, happened to him. Yeah, I gotcha. So he was kind of. So he was already a believer. He was already. Yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty much. He was already sold on it. And they were going to Area gotcha. 51, so you know they were, they were thinking something's going to happen. I got gotcha. you. So they, and they were looking for something, right? I mean, they were probably looking for, hoping that they would see something and, and then have a story to tell. I think it's pretty cool, though. Like, the first eight, the first uh, UFO sighting was, was in Washington. In Washington State? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. And I wonder why. I, obviously, there's been lots of stories of aliens in the past, you know, even in the Bible. You know, have you noticed that there's been, they've always kind of thought the aliens, if you dissect it from that point of view, there's a lot of places like that they could say the aliens did exist. Like they think that Moses, remember when he went to go talk to, to God mm-hmm. and he, he went to an area where it was real bright and all he saw were lights and he couldn't, remember that's the only time anyone's ever, was ever allowed to see well, yeah, or talk to God. Yeah, because he was like, he had to go up in the high up in the mountains and stuff. And, exactly. And they was, think he went on a spaceship. They think he was on a ship and to him, it was just like bright lights and everything. He didn't know what it was. So to just a commoner, it, it could just be like, you you can play like the like um, Wizard of Oz. Remember he was you know just behind the curtain, <laughs> right? They could do that, right? It's a magic guy on, on the mountain with like a with a big curtain. Don't look behind the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you do, don't look behind there. It'll be <laughs> all don't over. mind the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause cause I mean, you know, to somebody who's you know put it in a nice way, real simple, you could you can dupe them like no problem, right? I mean, you, you you put him on a on a ship like that. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know what all those lights are. Like if you go through some of the text in the Bible, I mean, a lot of the stuff they talk about when they actually go see uh, like an angel or something of a higher higher being, it's always they always sound like 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 alien ships. They do you know, like chariot, like flying chariots. The flying stuff chariots. Like that. Yeah. I mean, you even see the pictures on the, in the old like old old pictures, like that they're, they're like something flying in the air, like flying off. And it's like, if if somebody's, you know, taking a, you know, they didn't take photos back then, they had to draw them, but if that's what they saw, what the hell did they see in the air? You know, what what was flying what was flying in the sky? They had like a fire flame behind yeah, it. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I mean, they they probably took a lot of drugs back then, too. <laughs> they probably did. They, they, they probably did. They could have. But then again, right. if, 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 from a devil's advocate, if you're an alien, what's a perfect time to come when the people are simple or when they're a lot more advanced? Yeah, but do you, I mean, do you have a choice? I mean, you're going to just show up when you, when you show up. I know, but what I'm saying is, I mean, you show up, it's easier then, right? Because you can just walk around and be a lot, it'd be a lot easier to control the masses when it's a lot easier, when they're, when they're a lot dumber. I guess, I don't know. Now, right now, you might have to, it's probably still easy to do it, as it, you know, like you said, that woman said in her book, you know, or I'm not the woman, but, uh, um, if, if they want to say that, like, you know, if they're trying to come, um, control us, you know, they could just do it now through technology. Just like the movie They Live. Remember yeah. when we talked about that? You know, they could just, you know, have subliminal messages. Oh, yeah. Things. Or Any, anybody would. Or if they've taken over the government, right, they could just be entrenched yeah. well, in the government. Any, any species with, like, advanced technology, I mean, to, to us would, pre- like, appear to be a god. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's And it makes it easier for them, right? If it's, it, just, it would just be a lot well, easier. Just, just look. Oh like yeah, I mean, if they can even the fact that they can they can even get here would mean that they're like way beyond our oh, technology. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> so it didn't matter if they came oh, now yeah, or 
two, three hundred years from now, yeah. <laughs> we're still going to yeah. be dumb compared yeah, to they, they, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we got nothing on them. It, I wonder if we'll ever know one day if there really is anything, any what the truth was behind those little green men that they found in Roswell in New Mexico. Well, I kind of liked, I kind of liked your theory that it was like some mutated human beings that they just put in a ship. You know, they could have like shipped it over there and then just have it fly around. Yeah, but who was flying that ship then? Well, the 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 I guess they were they were intelligent enough to fly the ship. I mean, just because what they say is the how um, I I think the only thing that 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 doesn't sit right is when the people, the guy who originally found the the um, mm-hmm. the wreckage that that um, that sheriff. I mean, when he took it home, he said the metal was like liquid, and it would come together and bend. And all that stuff that doesn't seem like it would, the Russians yeah. would make. And again, I'm not saying what he saw was true, or if even, but if I'm he's saying even if, telling the, yeah, if he's even telling the truth. Well, I think with a lot with like the Roswell incident, I, like it happened in in the 50s, but it really didn't get popular until the 70s, and that's when people actually started cashing in, <laughs> cashing in on this, you yeah. know, talking about the conspiracy of it, yeah. So, like, I mean, that's a lot of time to go by before a lot, just a lot of bullshit go through, you know? And people just making shit up all, as they go on. Well, was it was it, was it it that they were not, that it didn't gain any popularity? Or was it just, you know, it was probably just published in certain magazines, but how were they going to get that all to the masses? Besides, until, like, maybe the 70s when, you know, news and radio became really high prominent. And maybe... Well, I mean, in the 50s, I mean, they had news. They, they did have news, but I don't think they would have broadcast that on there. I mean, could it have been more where the government's like, nope, it's more restricted. You know, we're going to remember like Good Morning Vietnam. Mm. There was things he could say and things he couldn't say. Yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of it was like there was there were things that happened. But I think after a while, it just became blown out of proportion. Yeah. I guess you that. know how you, t- you, you you talk about like if you have put you with a bunch of friends and and you see like a fight and all of a sudden like it was just like two guys and one guy just got knocked out with one punch and then everyone tells a story it's they make it sound like it was yeah, a it's always different. gladiator fight that went on <laughs> sure 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 it could have been yeah it could have been just that weather balloon that the that the government changed the story to remember yeah, well i also remember like a a documentary that they had i think it was on discovery channel or history channel where they were talking about um they were dropping these these dummies mm-hmm. the Oh, that's right. Yeah, like testing them. Yeah, test- high altitude, high altitude low, yeah. low orbit, halo, high altitude, low orbit type of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. They were doing that, and they, you know these they looked pretty alien in nature because I think they were like grayish and they did, yeah, had these weird suits on and they probably did. had the uh, shit at the time. I mean, they looked like Marty McFly from Back to the Future. <laughs> they could have they <laughs> in that suit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, all of those things are, are, are interesting aspects. Um, again, I don't know if we'll ever know. If any, if anybody, uh, if in our lifetime, we'll ever know. I mean, it'd be cool eventually, because I mean, I, I, I think there's aliens out there. I don't know if they visit us or not, but mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of cool if, if it happened during my lifetime. I'd, I would be ecstatic if I, if all of a sudden like all the news and they had like all the ships up there, mm-hmm. or like this something came down and went to the White House and started talking. Yeah, I, 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 I just don't think that we're the only ones out there. I don't either, but I think it's just difficult to get. To each other, so much space out there. Yeah, it could be. Unless, they're, like you said, they're so advanced. What if they could just, you know, wormhole? What if they got a base on the backside of the moon, like people claim that they do? <laughs> right? There's all these, there's all these stories, man. That that's why we never went back to the moon because we were warned not to that's come back. That's right. A little alien with a shotgun. <laughs> get off my, get off my dust, you <laughs> pieces of shit. Yep. 
Yeah, I don't know. All that's... And then you remember hearing about Bob Lazar? He was the one who had, like, reversed... Allegedly worked for Area 51, and he said that he was part of the team that was reverse engineering a lot of the technology. Yeah, I think I read some of some of his stuff when, uh, yeah. when I was researching this stuff. Yeah, he was one that said that... That was said to have... He, he claims that he reversed engineered a lot of the technology, and he was working on a lot of the stuff, and that, that it was true, right? Again, until, until somebody... Like like in District Nine, a ship comes from fucking out of space and hovers over the city. Nobody's gonna believe the shit. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. It's got to it's got to be something like that. They come down and they actually show up and they're on the news and they're. Yep, that's that's all there could be. They're shaking hands with with the with the first lady. Yep. That's all it can be, man. Because nobody's gonna believe it otherwise. It's gonna be fake news. <laughs> <laughs> we all know there's lots of fake news out there, so you can never tell. All right, looks like we're coming towards the end of the show. All right. Well, I'd like to at least say to all of our listeners, thanks. We finally got over a thousand downloads. Oh, that's right, we got a thousand downloads. Yeah, party time. I think I'll have some Kool Aid later. <laughs> I, I think I've earned it. But yeah, uh, Kool Aid. Yeah, but uh, thanks to all of you who are listening. Hopefully, you were not too shitty for you guys. But uh, we thank you for at least a thousand downloads. So, woo! Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And I also want to give a shout out to my boy Drew in Florida. Thank you for the Roswell, New Mexico in, uh, memorabilia. He sent it to me. So, cool. Thank you. Thank you. It goes well with the topics this week. <laughs> We're going to take off. So, have a good morning, evening, or night. We'll see you next week. Until then, stay strange. Love you all, guys. Take care. Bye. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please give us a good rating. If you want to share a story or have ideas for a future episode, you're welcome to visit us at www.thestrangepodcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you.